I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 33 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in Dynasty Fantasy Football, if you ask me, and I think some others. I mean, come on, where else are you going to find these incredible guests every single week? Forget the host. Speaking of host, I am your humble host, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like revolution only Evan, EvanLution, get it? You can catch me there. Also, follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or, or if you're not on Twitter, you should be, throw me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. There are many, many ways to get involved, get in touch, ask questions, give comments. Speaking of which, very quickly here, if you don't mind, be really helpful, go to your favorite podcast listening platform, whether it's Spotify, whatever it is, drop a little cheeky rating review if you don't mind, it would be super duper helpful, I would really appreciate it, hopefully you've been enjoying this series, they're all there, you can go back and listen to them, any specific prospects you might be interested in, want to know a little bit more about, we are breaking down two prospects at a time on these shorter episodes, going on a mini deep dive, and this specific week we have a super amazing guest, Brandon Angelo, Angelo fantasy on twitter super awesome dude great insights and yeah hopefully you've been enjoying it so far we've got two more amazing prospects today so without further ado let's dive right in something is wrong with you i got a fever adam himself could not resist the temptation a rookie fever we are going to be talking about somebody who I'm really intrigued to hear Angelo's take on because I feel like he's a very divisive, divisive is the wrong word, a very intriguing prospect who people are either very hot or very cold on. And that would be Damian Pierce out of Florida. Now, he was a senior as well. So we're in the run of seniors here. He's 22 years old. He was a four star recruit from Bainbridge High School in Georgia. Um, he's five foot 10. 218 pounds so it sort of fits into that more bruising back sort of category and sort of you know lining up with that he didn't run very fast at the combine 45940 uh 34 and a half inch vert 9 foot 11 inch broad jump so it doesn't jump off the page at you um athletically necessarily he did play in florida for four years he had 329 attempts for 1806 yards he was five and a half yards a carry and 23 touchdowns 45 receptions for 422 yards 9.4 yards per reception and five touchdowns he was in sort of a weird 50 50 timeshare last year um we literally got like 100 something carries and then um the back right behind him got like 90 something and honestly it's just very strange um funny enough though he, he was super efficient um he actually scored a touchdown every seven touches his senior year which is ridiculous um that's not that's not something that i would imagine is very sustainable especially at the next level so uh, the thing about damian pierce um obviously i'm gonna throw it to um i'm gonna throw it to angelo here and give me his detailed breakdown of it but for me it's very intriguing very interesting because there's there's some some scouts out there like lance your some some people who are really highly respected 
did. And they seem to really just love the guy. Like they're just ranting and raving about him. Um, but then honestly, there's times like where I've looked at some of his tape and I'm just like, I just don't see much there. I don't see anything that I'm super excited about. Um, but then I see other things. So I see flashes. So it's, it's really complicated. I mean, for me, I sort of fall in the middle of it. I'm not like out on him. I'm not like, I don't think he's, he's rubbish or anything, but I certainly am not as excited about him as apparently like Lance Earline who, Obviously, let's be honest. Lance Airlines probably right, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm just saying from what I've seen of him, it's um, it's just it's, he's a very intriguing prospect, and you do wonder sort of why he didn't seem to get more work if he is as elite and as 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 an exciting of a prospect as you want, as you know some people seem to think he is. But again, without further ado, Angel, what are your thoughts on Damian Pierce? Where do you come down on this on this debate? Man, he's one of the hammers of this class. He's one of those guys he just takes the fight to you. There's that play that gets played all like you know over and over again. Um, whereas helmet pops off and he, he, he still fights his way into the end zone. That's him to a T. I mean, he's a run through a brick wall. You know, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna bust your face mask up. That, that's that player he is. Uh and NFL offenses like the short yardage identity type guys, too. Though that's what he really is, right? So that's where he kind of fits, I think, in this class. You know him and him and um Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Those are the two guys that are the, the short yards identity type guys who are the you know the, the two down bangers so to speak who are going to be pretty you know pretty solid touchdown producers at the NFL level due to their physicality and ability to run between the tackles at you know at bigger sizes and and be able to play well within tight spaces and and have really good feet. He's kind of like C.J. Anderson in that mold. Um, in terms of Damian Pierce, of the bigger guy, good feet will find an NFL role because of his physicality and toughness. And guys like that just always produce something. And I think he's going to be a producer, I think, in uh, short yards for sure. I think he has the opportunity to be a, you know, a two down banger, like I said. That's going to be a guy like that. Um, but he's, you know, Lance Zerlines, all those guys love him. I, I think he's, I think he's a fun player to watch. I mean, he's just, He's a million miles an hour every time. In last class, we had it with Javante Williams, and in this class, I think we have it with Damian Pierce and and um, and B Rob. So um, I'm excited for him, man. I, I'm excited to watch Preachers watch watch him run over some safety. So uh, he, he's a fun dude to watch. Yeah. And he's one of those guys, like I said, because when I went through the film initially and I remember, you know, funny story about him last year when I was breaking down the film, I think there was maybe some confusion about like whether he was going to declare last year or come back to school or not or whatever. So I remember going in and actually watching a lot of his um, 2020 film and I fairly liked him at the time. I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. I like him. There's things I liked about him. And then it ended up being he come he's come back to school. So scrap that. So then I kind of started all over from scratch again with him this year. And like I said, the first run through and and maybe I just got a couple bad games of him, but I just was like, I don't know. I just don't really see anything to write home about. Like, I mean, yeah, it's nice. His power is nice and everything like that. But in general, I just didn't see a lot. And then because Lance and all these other, and this is a lesson for me and, and, and hopefully this is a lesson for people listening. It's, you know, you got to always stay water and you have to always be willing to reevaluate your own, you know, no matter how good you are. And I'm certainly not saying I'm that good, but no matter what your process is, no matter how you know confident you are in your process, when other people that you respect and trust um, have a differing opinion, especially if it's a strongly differing opinion, you're, you're probably best served to go back and reevaluate where your stance is. And it's not saying that you have to go back on your stance and completely disregard it, but it's certainly worth your time. And that's what I did with Damien. I've gone back and kind of rewatched stuff, trying to dig out more stuff and really dig into it and look at it. And I definitely can see, I mean, one of the things is he's one of the best, like, 
you know, pass blockers, one of the best that like <laughs> pass protection. He takes that aggression and that like intensity into his pass blocking um, and is just blocking in general, which is great for, you know, getting, getting on the NFL field. And he's certainly really good at the goal line that, you know, obviously we joked around about he'd scored a touchdown every seven carries, which, you know, but this just shows that when they got to the goal line, we got to the red zone, they trusted him to, to carry the rock. And that is a skill and that is an important skill. So I think to your point, he could be one of those really exciting first and second down players and guys that are really fun to watch. Um, may always have a fairly limited ceiling in my opinion for fantasy um, just because I don't know that he's going to be a heavy pass catcher um, or necessarily kind of run a backfield and be a complete, you know, three down back, but he's really fun to even like when you listen to some interviews with him and stuff like that, he just seems like a really nice dead on, like sort of really um, passionate guy. Who's like a real team player. So I really, I've definitely come around on him. Um, I'm obviously nowhere near as um, hyped on him as like Lance's, but, <laughs> but, but I've definitely come around on him. Um, um, so for me, because I'm not a Stan, um, I, I think for my rookie draft grade, as far as, again, best case scenario, if he's going to get, well, I say best case scenario, I would say my realistic best case scenario, my assumption that he gets like sort of maybe third or fourth round draft capital somewhere, um, you know, I, I would be happy to take him in sort of a later, later second round if I'm desperate for running back or if I'm looking to stack on my running backs. If he doesn't get that, if he does sort of end up being like a fifth round pick or something like that, um, I'm again, he's just going to fit into that third round you know, dart throw category where, you know, if he's your flavor of the week or if he's who you prefer in there, then I'm more than happy to take that um, shot on him. But I can't imagine unless he's getting like second round draft capital in a dream landing spot, I can't imagine, you know, maybe wanting to reach up much higher than sort of like a middle to later second round pick. Um, but that's just me personally. Obviously, I know there's other people who are more high on him than I am. Um, so where are you at as far as your rookie draft grade for him? Oh, man, I think if in a standard league, I'm more intrigued because it's going to happen is that he, I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to catch 30 balls plus in a year ever. Um, so basically, we're talking about him, James Cook, like Keontae Ingram, Rashad White. I'd rather have those guys than I would rather have uh, a Damian Pierce, who's going to have a pretty limited role in terms of pass catching. Um, that kind of hurts his, you know, his NFL floor and talk about fame. Uh, real life football, I think he's going to be a, I think he might be a day two pick because I think NFL teams are going to want that identity on offense. They're going to want that smash mouth um, back that they can, you know, they can deploy. A team like the Buffalo Bills is someone in play for a guy like that, where they're going to want to take some tread off of Josh Allen's tires in the red zone. Um, and they need some guy, they need somebody who's going to, you know, bring the fight to them, right? Bring the fight to the defender. And I think that's something that they're kind of missing. Um, obviously, Zach Moss hasn't done that at a high enough level yet. Devin Singletary is a good back, but I don't think he's that guy for them. So I think they're looking at that missing link. And I think either Brian Robinson or Damian Pierce would be a good fit there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you kind of on that. Um, I, I don't really see myself taking him anywhere before like the mid third round. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I like that, like that fit that you were talking about. I mean, if he went to Buffalo, I can see that being good, but again, it's just, it's one of those discrepancies where, um, that's where you have to delineate between NFL and fantasy, you know, where you're going to say he could easily be a much better NFL back than he is a fantasy back just based on, he's probably not going to catch a load of passes and he probably won't be, you know, 
a bell cow back. He'll probably just be the real punching first, second, you know, first and second down back um, with somebody like a James Cook or something coming in behind him to, to take the cat, you know, pass catching work and things like that. So absolutely in an ideal, perfect scenario, if he goes to the Buffalo bills in the second round, then I'm probably willing to reach up a little bit higher, you know, into the late second round to pick him in a first, in a one QB league. But most likely he's going to be a third round sort of uh, swing swing for me personally. And it sounds like we're on the same page there now going on again, like I think you guys are probably picking up a bit of a theme here. So this is very much, you know, after, you know, any, any of these running backs, there's just, you just looking at what are their traits, what do they bring and what is their upside really? So we're talking about a guy very similar to that. Um, as far as upside and traits, he has some upside and his name is Jerome Ford. Now, He's interesting character. He plays he played for the Cincinnati Bearcats last year. He was a junior. He's 22 years old. He was a four-star recruit from Tampa, Florida. He came in at five foot ten and a half inches, 210 pounds. So he's got a nice solid build for a running back. He actually slightly disappointed me, like from an athletic testing perspective. When I watched this film, I sort of thought, man, it looks like when he gets into the second level, he's really pretty fast. He's able to really turn on those jets and just burn people. Um, it looked like he had some pretty good bursts and stuff. But he came in at a four four six forty, which isn't terrible. It's not. It's not a. It's not a embarrassingly bad 40 but he got definitely outran by quite a lot of other running backs he only had a 31 inch vertical and a nine foot 10 inch broad jump so uh it's not that it was an embarrassing like outing for him it wasn't kyron williams bad but it's just that somebody who i thought was going to really shine from the athletic portions of the drills um didn't really and so it definitely is a bit of a head scratcher there he was a runner in high school as well as football so he's a multi multi-sport athlete in school uh and he had a very interesting sort of career to get to where he is now as well he actually started out at alabama so he spent two years at alabama with very minimal usage and transferred to sensi for his third year just to give you an idea of what I mean by that, in Alabama, in two years, he literally had 31 attempts for 151 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, and three touchdowns. In Cincinnati, he had 288 attempts for 1,802 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, and 27 touchdowns. So 29 receptions for 20, 271 yards, 9.3 yards per reception, and one touchdown. As you can clearly see, 2021 was his breakout year in 13 games. He had 215 attempts for 1,319 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, and 19 touchdowns, 21 receptions for 220 yards, 10.5 yards per reception, and one touchdown. So 20 total touchdowns in 2021 was ranked third in the nation, just to give you a bit of perspective. Um, so yeah, absolutely. His junior and senior year, you know, he kind of came in as a junior, definitely hit the ground running, got some work, and then his senior year, he just sort of exploded, took, the, took over the backfield. Um, and never looked back. So there's definitely things to like about his game. Um, he's definitely somebody who I find really intriguing as a prospect. I think that he does have, even though his, his athletic numbers, again, I think, you know, one of the things is we have to just not get too carried away. Um, you know, like Angela kind of mentioned there, you know, the combine is exciting and it's definitely a piece to the puzzle, but you can't just completely write off, you know, someone's, you know, whole year of tape or, or multiple years of tape based on a bad day, especially we still have pro days. We'll see how he does at the pro days. Maybe it'll be better. A couple of funny things about him. Like I did notice he has, I don't know if um, Angelo noticed this as well, but he does have this weird, like sort of strange windmill motion that he does with his arm before he takes the ball. Like he gets his carry and he's like doing this like swimming motion to like take the ball before he goes for a run, which is very weird. Um, 
but I, I liked that he was able to, he's good at like making himself small to squeeze through holes so he can kind of like see an angle and just kind of, he manages to slip through really quickly. Um, he does have that good burst. So um, if, and once he does, like again, what I said at the start there, once he does get into the open, so if he manages to get into the second level, he is a problem. Um, he definitely has some speed. He definitely has some, he takes some solid angles in the open field. Um, I, I would say honestly, burst and speed were some of my favorite attributes of his as a runner um i honestly do worry about his vision though i i don't know if angelo feels the same but i i worry about his vision i i saw several times where he just flat out ran into his own like <laughs> you know his own offensive lineman or you know there was a, a lane where he could take one you know one channel and have decent leverage with blockers and he would just kind of cut back straight into like three you know linebackers or something and it, so i i am a little bit worried about his vision and honestly i'm not saying that you know that's that that just is what it is and he's never going to get any better at it because again you've got to remember he did have minimal usage in alabama so then he had like a bet more usage as a junior than he had a lot of usage as a senior so it could just be a matter of like he slowly is coming along in that area and that's going to continue to progress and mature but as it stands right now i am i am concerned about his vision i don't i don't think he has very good vision at least not very consistently good um but he's a solid blocker as far as he's willing to stick his nose in he's willing to get stuck in in the blocking which again is something angela talked about earlier where if they're willing, if they've got the mindset that they're willing to do it, I think it's something that you can get coached on. You can get kind of taught up pretty easily. Um, and he's a good pass catcher, which again, when we're talking about traits, things that we want to see for fantasy, um, that is one of the main things you want to see. You want to see, can they catch passes? And he can catch passes. Um, he needs to be a little bit more patient as a runner. And I think that ties into the vision. He just wants to get the ball and go. And he's like kind of running straight. <laughs> he just like hitting the whole 90 miles an hour. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And that could tie into his vision. He needs to slow down, be a little bit more patient, allow blocks to develop. Um, but those are sort of some of the pros and cons. So for me, the the, big, the biggest upsides for him is his speed and his burst um, and his pass catching ability. Um, but Again, some of the knocks on him is his vision, um, you know, his sort of like quirkinesses about his running style <laughs> um, that he has. And again, that could just be some immaturity there. But what are your thoughts on him? Where do you come down with Jerome? Yeah, for me with, with Jerome Ford, I liked him when I watched him. I think he's a very much a one cut and go back. I don't think there's a lot. There's a lot to be desired laterally with him. But I think it's, it's kind of like watching um, like a lesser version of Rashad Penny in that mold where – He's a big play in the happen. He's a he's a 10, 500 meter guy. Like he he's a very fast athlete. Um, obviously four four six is solid, right? We we expected him to run the four threes, but you know for a train track athlete, that's kind of what I expected because you know you want to accelerate longer and deeper into your runs. Um, and his top end speed's pretty good. I mean, I, I would say it's it's at the top of this class, the running back position. Honestly, his top end speed is better than Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker's. Um, and those guys ran, you know, in the high four threes, low four fours. So I'm really glad you said that because I definitely was second guessing myself because I was looking back at my like scores for like film scores on him. And I was like, man, I gave Jerome Ford a really high speed score here. <laughs> like I must not yeah. be seeing things very clearly after his like 40, but no, I'm glad you said that. Cause uh, that's definitely what I saw on film anyways. No. Yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of times you get confused on what the 40 yard dash means it's a test of acceleration. It's not a test of max velocity. You have to reach max velocity very quickly to run a good 40. A lot of guys who are trained track and field, track and field athletes, that's what I did. I was a collegiate track and field athlete, so that was my realm. Um, I wasn't a, I was trained to accelerate a lot deeper in the run. So that's why you see, you know, like 
a guy like Jerome Ford running four four six, you think, oh, okay, he's not that. He's not that fast. Well, I think he has probably some of the best top end speed in this class. The position, um, he's a ten to five hundred meter guy. That speaks for itself. I think for me, when I look at guys like Jerome Ford, it's getting into a good uh, good environment that's going to allow him to grow in the other facets of uh, of being a running back. We saw with Elijah Mitchell last year too. You know, Elijah Mitchell was a very fast fast back four three guy. Cleaned up a ton of his issues his first year in you know in San Fran, and now he's you know one of the staples of that offense moving forward. Um, I'm not sure if I project that for Jerome Ford, but you know what? I didn't project it for Eliza Mitchell either. I was a little bit lower on him than most people in consensus. So it's just kind of a watch where he lands and watch when he lands too. It's a, is he going to be a fifth round, sixth round guy? Is he going to be a UDFA? Like some of these guys in that fifth, sixth, seventh round realm, it's kind of a giant question mark in terms of when they're going to get drafted. I remember last year, the big one for me was uh, Tamari Ontario, the, the receiver from Florida State, who I was really high. I'm like, man, I'm a second-round grade, this dude. This guy's this guy's going to light it up. And then third-round pass, fourth-round pass, fifth-round pass, sixth. I'm like, oh, my God, he's not going to get drafted. He didn't get drafted. And obviously, it came out that he had some major legal issues. But you don't know what these prospects in terms of what the NFL is looking at them as and what they see them as at the NFL level. You just don't know until afterwards. So um, I'm interested to see where a guy like him gets drafted, where he has some stuff to clean up, but in the right scheme, he could be a pretty efficient runner um, and be someone who can, who can break some big plays. We have a few of those guys in this class, but I think him with his top end speed um, can be a pretty interesting fit in NFL offense. Yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, I didn't want to be too down on everything. I was just trying to highlight, you know, obviously some deficiencies that I see in his game, but I don't think they're things that can't be worked on or that won't, you know, improve. Um, but that's just where it is and what I, where I would see him at the moment. And, you know, to your point, I mean, if Miami takes him in the fourth round, it doesn't draft any other running backs. I'm going to be super excited and like super high on him. But if he's in sixth round and, you know, goes to the Patriots or something, I'm not going to be as excited <laughs> or if he's in a UDFA and lands somewhere. So for me, I think for a rookie draft grade, because of his traits, because of his pass catching, his speed um, and the build, the athletic build that he has, if he does get that decent draft capital and he manages to land somewhere fairly fortuitous, um, I'm happy. I'm comfortable reaching into the second round for him, like the the end of the second round, sort of the two eight to two twelve region. Um, if he's getting that good draft capital and a solid landing spot, but again, if he's getting fairly poor draft capital or heaven forbid, if he's in a UDFA and just lands somewhere, I'm still willing to take a shot on him. I'm still willing to throw a dart, but it's going to be like a third round dart throw. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, th I think it's a guy like that. It's, you're, you're probably not taking him before, you know, 303, 304. Um, but if he has the capital, you know, if he has a fourth round capital, then I think you kind of move that up a bit. NFL team thinks really highly of him. We see it happen every year, whether it's right or wrong. Um, like I said, a couple of years ago, Darrington Evans, you know, no one projected that and he was a third round pick. So that things like that happen all the time. So it's just kind of being fluid. Like you said, um, being like water. So uh, <laughs> I, I like that a lot, but, um, but yeah, just, just kind of Absolutely. seeing where they land, man. See, seeing where they land, when they land um, and, and kind of, you know, being pretty fluid about your process going there and, 
and seeing late second, early third. Well, is this a guy I'm going to take in the late third? Those are some things you kind of figure out after the NFL draft. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode in the bag and another banger, if I do say so myself. Hopefully you enjoyed that, got some nugs to help you with your decisions. You're going to be coming up on here pretty soon. We will be back again tomorrow for the final installment of Angelo and myself breaking down some running backs before we have another amazing guest on next week. As always, no spoilers, but it's going to be awesome. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.